SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hour number two, Vegas Sportsbook Radio on this Monday afternoon. Scott Webb's along with George Kirk sitting in as we take you right up until 4 p.m. Eastern time. Pay tribute today. Paying our homage, uh, reminiscing about uh, Brian Blessing, the regular Vegas Sportsbook Radio host who sadly passed away yesterday after dealing with COVID for about a week or so, or at least uh, it appears anyway about a week or so. Maybe he's had it longer, I don't know. But, uh, you know, was in the hospital for a couple of days, and, and, and sadly he succumbed to the ugly, deadly disease uh, known as COVID yesterday. So just uh, paying tribute, like I said, and, and reminiscing, bringing on some of his uh, former guests and some of his buddies in the industry here at Sports Grid and, and elsewhere. And joining us now, Joe. George, uh, Jay Cornegay, uh, you hear him all the time uh, on uh, Brian's show. He's the vice president of the race and sportsbook operations at the Superbook at the Westgate in Las Vegas. Jay, uh, George Kurtz here as well. How are you doing this afternoon? Uh, good, guys. How are you? Good, good. Uh, and just uh, give me your thoughts. How well did you know Brian? What was your relationship with him? And then uh, your, your sense of uh, the passing and, and sad news that you heard yesterday. Yeah, it was uh, it was devastating, and uh, um, you know when you lose a close friend like that, you know you it really starts to hit you. Um, you know, it, for me, it was it kind of came in waves a little bit, and and um, I was hurting pretty bad yesterday, and and uh, you know just thinking of, you know, I won't be able to see uh, Brian anymore. I won't be able to uh, absorb, you know, uh, you know. His, his knowledge that he shared with so many people. Um, Brian and I probably go back, she's, uh, I don't know, uh, you know, up 10 years. So it, it's, it's been a long time. Brian and I spent a lot of time on the golf course. And uh, you know, we have a few friends out here that play almost uh, every week. And, and um, it's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's just devastating. Sometimes I, I, I think to myself, is this really happening? Did, did we really, did we lose? Did we lose Brian? And, and uh, um, you know, the sad fact is uh, we did. And he was, as you guys know, a very well-respected, you know, journalist in, in the sports uh, world. He has so many friends here and, and so many back home in, in Buffalo. Um, it's a very uh, sad time for us here in the sports industry. How big a fixture uh, was he, Jay, in, in Las Vegas? I know he'd been out there for a while. We were just talking to the, the guys, Gabe, Cam, and, and Teddy. They were reminiscing about his days in Buffalo. But how big a fixture was he there in Las Vegas? Hey, I mean, he's uh, I mean, he's a legend out here. I mean, he, he, he's been in the sports media world out here in Las Vegas for, for ever since he came out here. And, you know, but he was able to touch on so many different things, you know, not only, you know, all the sports, I mean, but he was, a, you know, obviously he had close to his heart, you know, the game of hockey. And, and, and since it came out here, he's always been a supporter of the, the Golden Knights. He's friends with Bill Foley, the owner of the Golden Knights. In fact, they've golfed a couple of times together, and I was lucky enough to play with those guys as well. And, and uh, um, he uh, – I mean, because of his wealth of knowledge, he was, uh, you know, on sports radio pretty much five days, maybe six days a week out here. So he was a very well-known uh, voice. They put it, they actually had a little tribute uh, to him this morning in, uh, you know, on the NBC affiliate about how Las Vegas lost a legend. Wow. 
How cool is that? that that's pretty, you know, impressive. You know, I, I've been living in uh, New York uh, basically my whole life, Jersey, and a few years in, in Illinois. But I, I'm not uh, golfing with Charles Dolan or or the Maras over at the Giants. You know, I mean, for him to be able to go out to Vegas and, and buddy up with the owner, that, that's pretty. Uh, it just goes to show how a nice guy he is and how you know how it, I don't want to say like he's a salesman, but how much of a salesman he must be. Just you know, making people feel comfortable and then schmoozing and, and and being able to, to do the right thing. Well, yeah, I mean, it wasn't just about his knowledge, but he was just a kind heart. I mean, every time we talked to him, he would always ask about everybody's family. He would ask about their wives, ask about the kids, you know, and he, he sincerely cared about that. And, uh, you know, when when we, uh, when we you know, met, whether it was at us, you know, we were in the same fantasy leagues. Uh, we obviously played a lot of golf together, and he would always, departing, he would always say, hey, Say hi, you know, say hi to Pam, my wife. And he would always ask about my son. How, how's your son doing? How's he playing? Because my son has played a, a number of rounds with, with Brian as well over the years. So um, he's uh, just a, a true kind heart that uh, sincerely cared about his friends and his friends' families. It must have just floored you then when you heard the news, Jay. It. It, it, yeah, it, it hit me hard, um, you know, uh, yesterday morning when I found out and through another friend and, and obviously uh, um, I just felt for his wife, Marie, and, and uh, his uh, granddaughter, Grace, who he always uh, talked about. And um, it just, uh, yeah, I just was not, you, you never expect that. And, and uh, but uh, it, it, uh, it certainly hit his heart. And, and when the word spread, you know, I was just getting texts and, and, and emails and calls from all our the group of friends out here that he was so close to and, and just how devastated everybody was. Man, crazy. Just crazy. Jay, appreciate a couple minutes with you. How's everything else in the Westbrook? Uh, everything going good there? You all set for a big game tonight? Oh, yeah, yeah. We are going. And, uh, you know, we're operating now in, you know, three other states, Colorado, New Jersey, Arizona. And we soon, uh, I can't uh, share the other states but we should be in three other states by the end of the summer so we're looking forward to that cool jay appreciate it uh, i hope we will do it again under better circumstances somewhere down the line sounds good guys thanks a lot thank you jay jay cornegay vice president of the race and sportsbook operations out in the superbook at the uh, westgate in las vegas more coming up SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Scott Wetzel along with George Kurtz on this uh, really solemn uh, Monday afternoon, 312 Eastern time as uh, we reminisce a little bit about the Brian Blessing who passed away, regular Vegas Sportsbook Radio host, as you know, yesterday uh, due to complications with COVID. So uh, appreciate Gabe Renzi, Teddy Covers, Cam Stewart, and uh, Jay Cornegay who just came on to the uh, vice president of the race and sportsbook operations at the uh, Superbook at the Westgate. Uh, Chris Bravona as well, who joined us uh, first hour, his former producer. So it just, yeah, it, it is weird. You know, you're hearing all these stories, George, right? And you just, I, I tell you, you know, when I found out, like I said, it was around 530 or so uh, in that area yesterday. And, I, you know, 10 minutes didn't go by even since where I just I just sit back and I say, I, I can't believe it. You know, and I didn't know him. As you didn't, I don't think, uh, you know, like Gabe and Kenny and Tam and, and uh, you know, Chris and Jay had. Uh, but it still is just like. 
Uh, you know, and, and the fact it was COVID as well, man, what a, what an ugly disease. I feel bad for the kids. Uh, my, you know, my, I had three kids, you know, in teens, um, and, and it's just the generation that they have to deal with, whether it's proms, not being able to go to proms or uh, class trips or not being able to play sports because COVID games are canceling uh, events and, and leagues. And it's just a, wow, it's just a difficult time to be growing up this time of the year. I mean, and then you hear the death of uh, uh, Brian and, and because of this, it's just, wow, uh, crazy. It really just sad. Yeah, I think when you, uh, you know, from the stories we've all heard here, especially the ones from uh, Gabe, Cam, Jay, is that he, uh, he seems to be a pretty nice guy. Right? He seems like he's a pretty good guy. Yeah, uh, you know, he always asks people how they were, how what was going on, uh, you know, and uh, a guy that everyone likes. Simply a lot of a guy to fun to be hanging around. It's like the rest of us, right? In, uh, in this industry, the most of us are, I think, that kind of person. So uh, you know, you feel bad for his wife, who I, you know, best of wishes to her too. I know she's in the ICU as well. Uh, his son, of course, and it is a tough time. And I agree with you about the uh, the kids. You know, that everything they have to go through. It's just, you know, we're adults. Uh, it doesn't bother me to stay home and watch a game, by the way. You know, so it's, you know, I'm all right with yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> but they can't go out. they got to wear masks in school all the time, which I don't think I would be thrilled about either. I, I am, I'm a mask person. I believe you should wear masks. But I, I, that's got to be uncomfortable to wear it for six to eight hours in a classroom setting and all this. You said they can't go on class trips. They can't do this. They can't do, out, do that. My wife and I have to have a discussion every time, you know, a friend, that wants to, a friend of my kids wants to come over here. You know, not so much that we're, uh, you know, we, we, we allow that, but, you know, what's their family going to say? If, right. you know, all of a sudden their, uh, their child gets COVID, it's going to be our fault. There's, you know, I play that sort of guy because I don't know how other parents feel about it. My wife and I are more matter of fact. We'll deal with it if and when it happens. So uh, it's a tough time. It's certainly a tough time right now uh, all over the world. And my kids, you know, uh, the one is still in high school, and she can't take a school bus to athletic games. She's a basketball lacrosse player because they're worried about COVID. I'm like, what? She goes, yeah. So, so we have like, and the basketball team, they they're playing out on Long Island. They're playing like Brooklyn and and different places to get better competition. I'm like, so we have all these parents that have to drive. You know, all the way to, the, you know, two boroughs over because the school is afraid to have a school bus, you know, filled with a bunch of kids. It's like, yeah, it's crazy. It's just, Thank God. Uh, Thank God my school district doesn't have that, by the way, because my, da my daughter's on a track team. She's had uh, meets out in Staten Island, and they yeah, actually do yeah. still, yeah, they, they still take the bus. Yeah. They still well, take the bus, Brooklyn, Brooklyn, thank, anyway. thankfully. That's not a trip yeah. I'd want to make. I mean, I, I don't. I, I think it's a school being cheap, to tell you the truth. I mean, you, you tell me that they can't sit there with masks on, or you know, it's a school bus. You know, how many kids are on a basketball team? Right, fifteen. You, you could want to see, you know, pat them sit all the way to the end. I think there's a way you could probably get it done, uh, but you know, God forbid they should actually have to do that. So, um, but anyway, it's just. Man, you, you just think, uh, like I said, that you don't want to take it too seriously. You have to people say, well, it's not going to affect my life and I got to live and, and it is what it is. And then you hear stories like this. You know, it's just I don't know anyone that, that hasn't known someone that's, that's passed away of COVID. Um, you know, I mean, it's just it, it's just you wonder when it's ever going to go away. Will it ever go away? Will it lessen? It just I, I don't know. Uh, but, you know, assuming he was in, in good health and he sounded like it, you know, no one has ever said that he was, you know, sick all the time or anything along those lines. I mean, he sounds like he's a perfectly healthy human being. And, and a week later, you know, this happened, you know, my, my producers uh, who uh, work out with my, my uh, uh, website, the guys who organize and do all the background work. Uh, he's got a home. He's in, from Wisconsin and he's got, a, uh, I guess, a winter home in Florida. 
And this past winter, you know, they went down there and uh, on the way back driving. And I guess they're in their mid 60s or so, you know, about the same age, I guess, as Brian. Uh, and he said him and his wife both uh, caught it somehow or another on the trip back. And they both had to go to the hospital. I'm like, are you kidding me? He's like, yeah. And they were both, you know, you're worried. You know, when you're in mid 60s and you get this, you, you had to be. I had a bad, but I didn't have to go to the hospital. So, you know, when you get thrown into the hospital, it's like, yikes. Um you know, it, it could take a turn for the worst pretty darn quickly, obviously. Yeah, I mean, listen, I try not to, uh, you know, go bananas about it, but I, I take my precautions, wear my mask outside. My wife's a nurse. She works in the COVID unit sometimes. She's not a COVID yeah. unit nurse, mind you, but she does get transferred there at the hospital. She tells me at night, listen, I'm in the COVID tonight. My wife takes all precautions. You know, before she comes in the house here, we got two younger kids. I have a 15 and 11-year-old, uh, 15 and a 12-year-old, 11 yeah, sometimes you forget, right? <laughs> yeah, it's close enough, all right? You got you got Look age, at... you got age, the year they were born, what grade school they were oh, in. You know, there's like God. three or four different things that all kind of get thrown into the mix. You know, it's, it's one of those. Yeah, right around there. Yeah. <laughs> Give me the other day, I'm doing the old Bill Cosby. I'm trying uh, Madison Dakota Far that's a dog's name. Who who are you? It's like, oh my <laughs> God. I'm trying to remember everybody's name here. You call everybody everybody here. But uh my wife she comes home and you know, I have an attached garage. There's no heat in the garage, but she strips out there. Right. She'll strip in the garage and then walk in the house because she doesn't right. want to, you know, in case she's bringing anything with her, you know, go straight to the shower, throws her clothes straight in the washing machine. Yeah. So you, you, you're taking necessary precautions, but, you know, we've pretty much decided we're going to we're gonna take those precautions, but we're not going to go bananas about it, all right, uh, because we're all going to get it. You know, my wife technically hasn't had it. I find that hard to believe. She has had a cold a couple of times. She was tested negative twice last week, but, you know, it is but what it is. It's something we all have to deal with right now. It's funny. My wife's a, a dietitian in the hospital. Same thing, right? Same routine. Won't even put the shoes inside. I, I go, you know, half the time I'm looking outside yep. when I come home. I said, you let's, your shoes are on the front porch. We look like we're paupers. Yep. Yeah, bring yep. them inside or something. No, no, you, you can travel on the bases of your shoe. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Uh, you know, so she does that same routine. And yet, same thing. Uh, all the kids have had it. Um, except, I don't know. My daughter had it. Uh, well, the one daughter has had it. That's where I got it from. My son had it. I think the other daughter had it. The only one that hasn't had it is the dietitian who works in the hospital. <laughs> I mean, how does that you know make any sense, right? You'd think she'd be the first one, but uh, you know she's got all her shots and everything, but she never got it before the shots came out. Go figure. So, but yeah, that, that same kind of routine of uh, shoes off and then you know shower right away, and, and uh, who knows if that's really helping or not. I, I take the train into the city every day, you know. Knock on wood, the subways are, are basic. Well, I don't think the subways, because of the closeness of the uh, proximity of the uh, studio to Penn Station. So I take the Long Island Railroad in, if you're familiar with that. And it's, I, I hit like the 720 train, and in a 12-car train, in where there's probably 60 seats in every car, I bet there's not 100 people on the entire train. You know, so uh, knock on wood, no complaints there. So it's basically empty, so it's no real concern. And then you go through Penn Station. And even Penn Station, when I get it at 8 o'clock at night, empty. I mean, just just empty. It's amazing. I remember you could go there at midnight, George, when I used to work over at the three-letter network. And the place would be packed at midnight, like on a Tuesday night. And you'd be like, holy crap, where, where are these people coming from? Um, so the pandemic here in New York has had its effects. There's just no two ways about it. People are just not going into the city. So, and I don't know if that's just fear, jobs, convenience, staying home from work, not working anymore, uh, fear of, of the COVID and catching it on, on some of these, uh, you know, social platforms there, whether it's the subways or the train station uh, or the buses. 
um, but it has changed people's lives. That, that's for, for darn sure. So, and uh, I don't know if it's as bad in Vegas. Uh, people took it maybe less seriously because of the hot weather. Maybe where it's supposed to die down from hot weather. Oh, but it's just sad how you can be, you know, alive and everything bliss one week and literally the next. Uh, in the case of Brian, he passed away from it. Just nuts. Really, really just nuts. Vegas Sportsbook Radio will continue here on a Monday. We'll check in with a good buddy of ours on weekends, Mark Lawrence, who was a regular guest of Brian Blessing right here on Vegas Sportsbook Radio. That's next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Vegas Sportsbook Radio on a solemn Monday, 25 past the hour. Scott Wilson, along with George Kirk, taking you right up until 4 p.m. Eastern time, the top of the hour as uh, we fill in and then really talk and discuss and reminisce, pay homage to uh, Brian Blessing as we uh, pass along our condolences, obviously, to his family passing away this past weekend. Yesterday, as a matter of fact, uh, due to the COVID virus, so... Uh, just kind of reminiscing with some of the former guys that came on board. Uh, you know, Jay Cornegay, the race and sportsbook director. We had uh, Teddy Covers and Cam Stewart and uh, Gabe Morenci on as well, as long as as well as his former producer, Chris Pavona, uh, all talking. And now we're trying to track down Mark Lawrence. Hopefully we get him on in a couple of minutes as well. He was a regular guest, as Mark is on weekends with, with me and Joe. Okay, cool. So we, we will have Mark here in a couple of seconds. So um, yeah, Vegas Sportsbook Radio won't, won't be the same. That is for sure. Sports Grid won't be the same as we welcome in uh, Mark Lawrence. So Check him out at playbooksports.com. He joins us every weekend. Uh, he joined uh, Brian as well every week, talking about the picks, the scene in Vegas. Uh, Mark Scott Wetzel along with George Kurtz. What's going, on, uh, what's going on, my friend? Well, a little Saturday, to say the least, for sure, Scott, uh, with what we're talking about with Brian, that unexpected passing, and uh, really, really saddened, and so too is the sports world and everybody in our profession, I'm sure. Yeah. Give me a second. When did you find out, uh, you know, it happened sometime yesterday morning, I guess, from what uh, Jay Cordigay was saying. I, I found out, you know, later in the afternoon. But, uh, you know, when did you find out just just you know, your reaction to it all? Well, I was stunned, uh, to say the least, and deeply, deeply saddened. And, you know, it's ironic because I've been doing his segment on Sportsbook Radio ever since he's done Sportsbook Radio on Wednesdays. And, it was last week that he had texted me and said that I uh, can't do the show today. Sciatica is killing me. Uh, we'll be in touch. And then I texted him back and uh, said, I hope you're feeling better. Let, call me, blah, blah, blah. And he never did. And it was kind of unusual because he's always has been a follow-through guy. Unlike anybody I know, he always follows through on everything he ever does. I knew something was a little bit awry, awry. And I got a call then on Sunday and you know, with the flabbergasting news, to say the least. Kenny White from Kenny White Sports. Kenny White's and Brian did a lot of things together as partners and friends, and uh, he gave me a heads up on what happened. And uh, absolutely stunned, to say the least. Uh, a lot of good Brian Blessing stories and a lot of good Brian Blessing thoughts right now are crossing through my mind. Yeah, I mean, just just crazy. Just, you know, just a flick of a switch, just like that, just gone. I mean, just you know, George and I were filling in all last week for him, you know, the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday show. And then he came back Thursday, Mark, and, and I guess, you know, things didn't go too well. Uh, wasn't feeling well again, so George and I filled in again on Friday. No big deal. And, and just we figured, uh, you know, okay, you know, come Sunday night, uh, it'll be back to normal. So I, I texted uh, 
um, Mike, you know, uh, C here, you know him. And, uh, and then I got to do the five thirties and he just found out, you know, basically as well. I was like, Oh my gosh. I mean, I, I just, I, I still, I mean, an hour later, you know, a day later, I, I'm still saying, I, I just can't believe it. So, um, how well did you know him? You know, give me some stories about Brian, how good of a guy he was, bad guy, you know, ace guy, good guy, you know, give me, give me a sense of what Brian Blessing was like in the Vegas community. Well, if you got about 10 seconds, I could tell you about how bad of a guy he was because there's nothing bad <laughs> I could say about Brian, okay? He was just really a stand-up, what-you-see-is-what-you-get guy and uh, very warm, very loving, very caring. Uh, the ironic thing is is that uh, his marriage anniversary is September 21st, my birthday is September 21st. So we shared that in common, and every day September 21st rolled around, we would reach out to each other and ask whether it should be congratulations or condolences. <laughs> <laughs> we weren't quite sure, but we had to, <laughs> uh, we at least remembered our uh, anniversaries and birthdays together doing just that. Uh, and you know he's from Buffalo, as you well know, and uh, right. really, really, really was a huge, huge knee-deep Buffalo fan. And he's a guy that, uh, as far as handicapping goes, uh, he had uh, an, an innate ability to have a feel for a game like nobody I have ever seen before. You know, I do things technically. Everybody does things however they do handicap, and that's great, whatever works for everybody. But Brian had a feel, just a, a feel for games. And uh, when he had a feel for games, he was almost always spot on with that feeling. And let me say one more thing here, Scotty, if I may. Sure. Uh, he, Brian loved the ponies, okay? He loved the horses. And that's another thing he and I each had in common. We're big, big horse racing fans. And he had... I've never seen anybody in my life that could spot a two-year-old horse that he could buy on a future for a Kentucky Derby at monstrous prices that would always make the Derby. It was incredible. Uh, essential quality, the horse that enjoyed such a monster season last year, he bought him at 150 to 1. Wow. Uh, yeah, he had, he had that, uh, I'm saying that ability to do those things, to ferret those things out. And uh uh, and when he, and the most unique thing about him, the best thing he ever did in hockey, I'll share this with you also, is uh, he stayed. He had a pulse in hockey in Vegas. He does the Vegas Hockey Hotline with Slapshot uh, Stevie, Stevie Slapshot, and they do a great job with the hockey show together following this show. And because Brian uh, grew up with the Sabres in Buffalo uh, and did a lot of pre- and post-game work with them, uh, he he fell onto something that was as good as gold as I've ever seen in the National Hockey League, and that was Father's Day trips. Yep. And I don't know if you're aware of those or if you remember him talking about those, but uh, those were absolutely terrific. When when the father took the trip with the son uh, on a two-game road trip, it was like money in the bank. And I'm talking, it didn't matter whether they're a big favorite or a big dog, they just cashed. Uh, and that's what Brian was. He was all about ferreting those types of things out. It's funny you say that because I mentioned this story earlier in the program when I was working over at uh, Sirius XM on, on Mad Dog Radio when you used to come on with me. We had Brian on, and this was probably about, you know, four, right now, probably about four years ago, four or five years ago, whatever it was. And he told me about that. He said it was, uh, it was with mothers, and maybe that year was mothers, the next year was fathers. And, uh, you know, he said, that's the first time I had spoken to him. He's like, yeah, Scott, you know what? It's like 19 and two. I'm like, ah, you know, come on, 19. Come on. You know? So when he would list all the games and the biggest thing was finding out the most difficult thing was finding out when these mother games were. And they were always on the road. Like you said, it yes, was, was never at right. home. 
It didn't make any sense on why they would do it on the road versus being at home. But, you know, who's to argue with the NHL, I guess, right? So, uh, and he was following it, and it was just like it's gold, just, just like absolute gold. So uh, I mentioned to the audience that just that will always, always, always stick with me. You know, he was the one that came up with the mothers on the road trip system. So it's kind of funny you mentioned it with fathers as well. Well, what it was is the, the kids didn't want to let their parents down on those yeah, road right. trips. You know, right. I mean, they, they they focused like all get out rather than just doing what they normally do on a road trip, and uh, it, it just paid off in spades. And like you said, that 19 and two record that he mentioned to you was spot on. It's exactly what it was. It was terrific. Yeah, you know, he he reasoned it with uh, he had a little bit of me in him as well because he'd say, you know, Scott, you know, normally on a road trip these guys are all going out. You're talking about 21 to 24 year olds in the NHL, and you know, most of those guys on a Friday night or whatever, Saturday night, you know, they're all going out doing their thing, if you will. Now with the mothers and fathers in town, now they're not. So not only are they playing better on the ice because the fathers and mothers are in the stands, but they're also a little bit more attentive because they weren't out until 3 o'clock in the morning the night before drinking. So it's like, ah, okay. He was, also, he was also, Scotty, ahead of the curve when uh, the Vegas Golden Knights put their hockey team in Vegas about uh, just looking for the, uh, the, the teams that make the trips to Vegas just to really flatten out. They come to Vegas. You know, they party, they don't focus, and uh, it was like stealing the first year when Vegas opened up at home when they were hosting teams that were coming in into Vegas the first year when they joined the NHL. It was terrific. Yeah, you know, it's amazing, Mark, with him that impressed me more hearing some of the stories. It's just how – I don't know how long he's been in Vegas – uh, but obviously he didn't grow up there. He was in Buffalo for a long time. But just how he he seemed to incorporate himself in that community without sounding like a shyster. You know I mean? I, I get it when I hear some people. You could just tell, okay, they're good salesmen, nothing against them. They're a good salesman, and they're throwing themselves at you. And Whereas he doesn't seem to be that type, and yet he was able to get into all these communities. And, and did golfing, uh, uh, Teddy Covers, I think it was earlier, mentioned how he was golfing, or maybe it was Jay Cornegay. He was golfing with, with the owners of the uh, Vegas Golden Knights and this and that. He, he, they become friends with them. It's like, wow, that, I mean, that's, uh, that's impressive to me. Yeah, he was just a real regular guy. Smoke like a chimney, okay? Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, smoke like a chimney. But, hey, you know, we all have our vices, and if that's the right. worst thing Brian ever had, then, you know, so be it. That was good. Exactly. Yeah. It's what he enjoyed doing and uh, really, really going to be missed because – and I'll say one other thing here quickly in passing also that uh, I've done a lot of radio shows in my years. I've been in this industry for going on better than 45 years. And I can talk with a radio host and tell exactly how professional they are and whether or not they know their trade or they don't, just by the way they handle themselves in interviews and so forth and whatnot. Brian had it wired. I mean, he made every person that ever he inter brought onto a show feel at home like he was sitting in his living room talking to him. He was just that good at what, at his, what his trade was. He was just all about that, just a total professional. Yeah, I mentioned that too, you know, without knowing him really well, well, just on air and stuff and, and having him come on my show with a couple of times. Just he had a like a calming influence just to just, you know, everyone else was yelling and screaming and ranting and raving. And he seemed to be like the father of it all. Just just, to, you know, kind of sit back and just calm down, you know, and be able to sell his pitch, you know, uh, with, with uh, common sense versus uh, boisterous yelling and screaming. And, and uh, but he knew all the nuts and bolts of the industry. That is for sure. Yeah, he loved Vegas. He loved making the trip out there, but he also loved going back home to Buffalo when he got the chance to go back there and golf, you know, a lot when he went back to Buffalo. And, you know, I grew up in Cleveland. He grew up in Buffalo, so we would trade a lot of wintertime war stories back and forth about, you know, which igloo was colder in the houses that we grew up in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was really a great guy.
Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that some of those stories must be cold for sure. I, I give him and his wife, I was mentioning earlier, a lot of credit for uh, just picking up and moving. Uh, you know, it's one thing to move out of Buffalo, but moving from Buffalo to Las Vegas, you know, 3,000 miles away, that's, that's, that's a pretty good move in my book. Well, the, you know, the unfortunate thing is she she came down with COVID. I don't know yeah. if you know this. Yeah, and, you know, she's still in the hospital. And I have a sneaking feeling that that might have been part of what happened with him. I don't know. He never talked about it. He was kind of really closed about that subject and didn't really want to get into it. But uh, all I know is uh, I was really glad that he came into my life. And I'm going to look forward to all the fine thoughts and the memories of Brian Blessing moving forward. Mark, always appreciate it, my friend. I know you join us on weekends. I appreciate you stopping in and helping us out today. Hey, my pleasure, Scotty. Be well, George. Nice talking with you as well. And here's the Brian Blessing. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Vegas Sportsbook Radio, Scott Wetzel, George Gertz, taking you home. 24 minutes to go to the top of the hour. We'll be at Eastern time. Again, thanks to uh, Mark Lawrence, PlaybookSports.com. Mark, always a good buddy to the program here at Vegas Sportsbook Radio, as well as ours on weekends. Uh, also, as Mark joins us on, on Saturday mornings, me and Joe Lisi. So uh, just chatting about Brian Blessing, who passed away, uh, the regular host here, obviously, at Vegas Sportsbook Radio yesterday, uh, dealing with the, with the COVID virus. So uh, reminiscing, uh, Chris Pavone, his former producer, joined us, uh, Jay Cornegay, Race and Sportsbook, Mark Lawrence, and then a couple of guys here at SportsGrid uh, who are buddies with him, Gabe, Teddy, Cam Stewart, uh, Gabe Morenci, and uh, Teddy Covers, and, and Cam Stewart. So uh, yours truly, Scott Wetzel, George Hurts. I think we're going to be in tomorrow. No one's ever told me that, but uh, but but you never know. So uh, not, not sure what else is going to go on from here on out. If you're if you're thinking what's going to happen, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I don't. Listen, caught all of us it's such a shock. Um, you know, we filled in a little bit yesterday, last week. What we all expected that uh, Brian would be back this week. Um, no one knew the severity of it. It, it, it could turn just like that. I mean, poor guy worked. He worked Thursday. You know, I mean. So the, the, this was the last thing in anybody's mind, so I'm not sure what their plans are, to tell you the truth, uh, going forward. But um, in, in the meantime, uh, we'll, we'll you know continue to talk about Brian, and uh, he won't uh, be lost in our hearts, that, that is for sure. Do have the National Championship football game tonight. we got a bunch of coaching firings as well, uh, George. I'm going to just touch on those just for a second. You know we should have asked? That, that's stupid me. I should have asked. Maybe JP, maybe you know. Do you know who we liked in the National Championship game? Did, did he say, whoever it is, I'll bet it. In honor of Brian, whoever he liked, if, if anyone could find out, he must have stated somewhere along the line because he didn't do a show Monday. The ch- oh, well, You know what? Maybe he didn't. Because, yeah. The, the, yeah. You know what? The, the semifinals were Friday night, obviously after his show, and then he wouldn't have done another show. So, But he may have said earlier on, even before the semifinals, who he liked. You know, I, mean, I like Georgia. I think they're going to win it this year. I like Alabama. Yeah, see if we can find it out. Uh, in honor of him, I'll put a couple of shekels down. Why not? We should have asked uh, – I should have asked Mark that. Mark would probably probably would have known. Um, but, you know, in honor of him. And was he, was he a Buffalo Sabres fan, George? You know, is that what they were saying? He's from Buffalo. or He's from Pennsylvania, but he worked in Buffalo. So I'm guessing he roots for the Sabres. Maybe we should put a couple of shekels down on a futures. For, well – would well, that be throwing away money? <laughs> I'm not careful you, about the Sabres. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe the Buffalo Bills. Maybe we'll just kind of like slide it along over to the Buffalo Bills if he was a Buffalo. That might be fan. a better bet. 
Yeah, yeah, I think that would be a little bit better. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, speaking of football, how about the firings today? Vic Fangio out from uh, from the weekend. You know, they played Saturday night and they lost to the Denver, so they fired Fangio. So he, they, you know, they go through head coaches and quarterbacks you know, like they're going out of style. Both of them, uh, Matt Nagy out with the Bears. Uh, that's not a surprise. Ryan Pace not a surprise either. He'll never, ever, ever live down the fact he passed on uh, Pat Mahomes. Uh, and it took Mitch Trubisky instead, even though a bunch of other GMs oops. did the same thing. Yeah, but a little bit of an oops there. Mike Zimmer out. He, you know, he owed two years. I was listening to a, an interview. He is owed two years at pretty decent uh, money up in Minnesota, so there was some thought that he might not got, uh, get fired today. But he did, and so did Rick Spielman, the GM. He's out, and then uh, Dolphins uh, head coach Brian Flores, that, that's the surprise. There is generally always one kind of out-of-the-blue surprise and while I am surprised, I'm not shocked with this one. Um, listen, he dug himself a hole with that one and seven start. Uh, no one seemed to be on the same page in that organization with two attacks, whether they should have drafted him, whether it should have been uh, Justin Herbert, whether they're going to go after, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson. It was like a three-headed coin in Miami. So, uh, well, I'm a little surprised I'm not completely shocked over that. So, uh, I guess Chris Greer, the GM, is going to keep his job. Otherwise, I would think he'd get fired as well. He's the one that really deserves to be fired. You know, he's the one that's passed up on all these players. Uh, but Brian Flores is out as the Miami Dolphins head coach. So, as I figure now, we got four, and we, we might have a couple of more to go, depending on interim head coaches and everything else. Yeah, this to me smells like a power struggle between coach and uh, general manager, and general manager wanted. You know, uh, you, I agree with you about that. You can make, certainly make the argument that GM should have gone and maybe Flores stayed. Flores won 19 games in two seasons. What do you want the guy to do? I understand yeah. the seven-game losing streak is ugly. I do get it. But, you know, he had respect for those his players. And I think that's the first thing you look for in a coach. I'm just surprised. Uh, and I'm flabbergasted when you think that Flores is out of a job and Joe Judge is in a job, has a job. That's yeah. just you got you got to be kidding me. And all signs do seem to point to that Joe Judge is going to keep his job. I'm a Cowboy fan. Giants playing the NFCs with the Cowboys. Good. Keep Judge. Talk Gettleman out of retirement, too. Get him back as well here. Be uh, one less team to worry about next year. Surprised about that. And, uh, you know, we still haven't heard anything from Mark Davis about Passaccia taking the interim take off Passaccia's job. He got that team to the playoffs with all the garbage they've gone through this season. And all the John Gruden and the emails and the racist things. And then, uh, you know, the wide receiver kills a uh, poor woman and her dog. All right. And then even this past week where another player gets a, a D-Wee. All right. You're still playing. I guess you're not perfect. But uh, a lot of stuff goes there. And they got in the playoffs here. I would like to see her Basaccia get a full-time gig. Yeah, I mean, if he wants it, I mean, maybe he wouldn't want it. I can't imagine him not, but maybe they're going to wait till after the postseason and see how well he does. If he's a one-and-doneer, do they say well, that wasn't good enough? Maybe that's it. I mean, I, you would think, right? I mean, the question is, and I tell you, I was watching the broadcast last night. Uh, two things. One, uh, Al, uh, Al Michaels wanted no part. Just no part of that tying scenario. You know, Collinsworth tried to bring that up several times. I was laughing. I really was. Several times during the broadcast. Like, you know, if this thing ends in a tie, you know, and, and Michaels would shut him down. No, 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 no. You know, and then there was one time again where Collinsworth would bring it up. And he says, you know, we got to talk about this sooner or later. And then Michael said, well, we just did. 
I mean, he really shut that conversation, that topic down until it got into the overtime. When in reality, they should have been talking about it the whole time. If they had any sense of humor, uh, they would have been talking about it the whole time. And it would have almost come to fruition. Uh, as we all know, the Bozo head coach, uh, you know, Brandon Staley of the, the Chargers. You talk about a coach that deserves to get fired. That's the guy. I, I, I see. I can't go two hours without firing somebody. I, I, I just can't do it. Um, I mean, call, call in timeout. I mean, this is the essence of what I say, George, about head coaches. They don't have a feel for the game. Now, I could see him saying afterwards, listen, I'm in a, I'm in a lurch guy. What am I going to do? If I don't call the timeout, the Raiders run the clock all the way down to two seconds. They call a timeout to kick the field goal, and I don't have any time left, and you guys are yelling and screaming at me like, why didn't I call a timeout? So I called the timeout thinking they were going to kick the field goal, and they did, but unfortunately they got a first down on third down. That's what he really should have been trying to sell the, the people. But, again, it goes to not having a feel for the game. When the Raiders ran on first and second down, they were telling the world – they were in no rush. They were telling the world, we are going to run on third down, and we're going to take a knee, and that's going to be the ball game. I mean, you didn't have to be a rocket scientist to figure that out. But those mopes on the Chargers sideline couldn't figure that out. And, and they, they call a timeout, and the rest is history. They force Oakland. Uh, Oakland. They force the Raiders. They don't really force them. They still could have taken a knee. They really could have. And you and I they, they talked about it. Well, you talk about missing a great moment. Um, and, and the Bozos on TV didn't bring this up, which was just you know typical of them. But – you had Madden's family there, right? The wife was there. The sons were there. And it was, they were making a John Madden night. They were paying homage to him. He passed away two weeks ago. I mean, what, and what's his worst loss of all time? He, he said it on many occasions. It was the Franco Harris immaculate reception. He swears was deflected off the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Shouldn't have counted, right? What better way to stick it to the Steelers organization by tying – Last night, the Chargers and forcing the Steelers to not make the playoffs. And then at the end of the game saying, you know what, uh, John, this one's for you. We finally got even with the Pittsburgh Steelers. It took, uh, sadly, your death, but you know what? Rest in peace. You got even for that loss back in the 70s that you think you didn't deserve. That would have been perfect. Just perfect. But they didn't. They kicked the field goal and they won. Yeah, maybe showing our age here because I thought the same thing. That if, you know, since the Raiders get to pretty much get to choose who they want in the playoffs, Chargers or Steelers, yeah. you know, they, they could have done that. And they definitely, all those Raiders rivalries of Pittsburgh in the 70s, I know we're going back a long way, folks. But there was a, that's a big-time rival there, Brad. Big-time rival. Yeah, it's fantastic. It was, it was great, great. Theater, it was great them, football them Pittsburgh and Miami. Miami, the Raiders, and, and the Steelers. That was the AFC, you know, back in the 70s. Mm -hmm. Those three teams. Well, it's why I tell people, people ask how I became a Cowboy fan. Is one of the reasons is back then the seventies Giants and Jets sucked much like now by the way, and yeah. uh, my father my father wasn't a fan he wasn't a football fan and so back in the the the, uh, the most popular teams were Pittsburgh the Raiders yep. uh, Miami Denver yep. was actually pretty popular back then and the Cowboys you know and the first game my my father saw they, my family did have a Super Bowl party go figure was the second Dallas uh, Cowboy Pittsburgh Super Bowl second one in the seventies. And that's the one, you know, Jackie Smith, oh, uh, bless his heart, when he dropped the football. And uh, listen, I was like eight, nine years old, and I like the star on the helmet. I like the colors, you know, the blue and the silver. That's how I like, became a Cowboy fan. But uh, like I said, Pittsburgh and the Raiders were huge teams back then because they were always there. Always there. 
You know, and uh, so, yeah, I thought the same thing as you last night. Wouldn't it have been a uh, great, you know, why? Why, why do you want uh, Pittsburgh to get in? Knock him out. Get some revenge. I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't put the, the mad thing together until you said it, uh, I think, during uh, segment one. So uh, that would have been great, though. But I, I agree with you. I was surprised. Hey, you know, yeah, screw Pittsburgh a little bit. You know, screw the Roonies. It's been a long time. We get back at them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she was there last night. Uh, you know, she—I don't know if she flipped the coin, but she had a speech there in, in the very beginning. I mean, what, what? Oh, that would have been just classic. And I, I'm saying, I'm surprised, Michaels, and and uh, I, like I said, he was so afraid. They must have wrote him uh, or read him the riot act. They must have said, "Don't you dare bring this up. Don't talk about this. I don't want a part of our three-hour broadcast." You saying how these two teams should just take a knee. I don't know what would have happened. I could understand not doing it during the course of the game, I guess. But, you know, boy. Goodell would have had a heart attack. Oh, my god. Come goodness. on, man. I had to think. Imagine? If not Goodell, whoever is, you know, one of the big wigs in the NFL had to call, you know, I don't know, Spanos and Davis. If you MFers, if you take knees, for, you know, you take 48 knees each or whatever it would take to, and take a tie on national TV, the NBC yeah. Sunday night game, I will strip every draft pick. Raiders, you're going to move back to Oakland. Chargers are going back to San Diego. Yeah, I'll kill you. You know, you'll, you'll literally find him a job. There's no <laughs> way, no way he was going to allow that. But uh, it, it really did make sense to it. And they should have talked about it, by the way. You want to just joke about it like we're doing now, fine. But it should have been mentioned once again. If both teams would have taken 48 knees, they both got in. Yeah. I mean, especially in overtime. You know, you want to play it out in a regular season game, okay. But then once it got to overtime, then I would have been okay with it. Then I would have just told the commissioner, who you're right, no doubt called up those organizations and threatened, uh, you know, penalties, uh, you know, because you, you're ruining the integrity of the game. Although I got to tell you, once word got out that these teams were taking ease, that would have been the highest rated regular season game of the history of the NFL. <laughs> I, I think the whole world would have been tuning in to watch these teams take three knees, punt, three knees, punt, three knees, punt, right? So, but I, th- I, I said after it got to overtime, then it's like, listen, we tried. You know, we tried. We failed. Uh, we're, you know, it is what it is. Uh, there weren't any kind of crazy circumstances to get it over time like someone cheated or let up or whatever. So, you know what? We tried, and now we're just going to take uh, four days and we'll punt the ball back two or three times, and that'll be the end of that. Uh, and I really, really thought the Raiders were going to do it that last possession after the Chargers kicked a field goal. You know, and there was like two minutes left. Then Stop I the really, run they would have. Yeah. Stop. You're exactly right. One time. You stop it one time, and it, they would have done it. So, and then, uh, you know, them calling the timeout, really, that was just, oh, just dope. He, he, you know, going forward on fourth down as well from your own 18-yard line in a three-point game is just beyond stupid. I'm sorry. You know, they didn't deserve to make the playoffs with that head coach. So, I will right, wrap up shop here next. Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Scott Wetzel along with the George Kurtz uh, right here on a Monday afternoon. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, welcome back. Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Uh, Scott Wetzel, George Kurtz, says uh, we pay our respects to Brian Blessing, passing away yesterday at Vegas Sportsbook Radio, normal host, obviously. You know, we had a lot of guys on, Jay Cornegay, Chris Bravona, the former uh, former producer, and Gabe and Teddy and Cam. And, uh, you know, how about his current uh, producer? Uh, that is uh, J.P. Fleming, who joined us and his, we're, you know, working on our show now. J.P., uh, 
you know what, uh, you know, a guy that's worked really with, uh, you know, Brian Last amongst all of us, uh, you know, give me your thoughts on uh, the, the news and then, uh, you know, how good of a guy that uh, Brian was for you. Yeah, I mean, absolutely tragic in the uh, short time that I've been here. I don't think I've ever worked with anyone that has been so nice. Um, just he would reach out before every show, make sure everything's in order, and, of course, just see how I was doing. So, uh, obviously, his, his family and all his loved ones are in my thoughts and prayers over the, uh, over the time. Yeah, it really sad. Uh, you know, I actually got an email from a listener, uh, Jeff Brown. Thanks for hosting Brian Blessing's show under these circumstances. Uh, after you left Mad Dog, Brian's show is where I mostly got my sports talk fix. Mr. Blessing's voice was soothing and genuine. You know, I work around a lot of kids in their early 20s who not only see COVID as a joke, but some have contracted the virus more than once. When will this damn virus finally be taken seriously? You know, may your 2022 health and uh, be safe and healthy. So thanks, Scott. I appreciate that, Jeff. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Seemed like a nice, uh, you know, great, great guy. Um, it's just, uh, it's just sad, you know. It's one thing, you know, it's part of life to have to die, as crazy as that sounds, but to be taken away so quickly, uh, over just a, a, a nonsensical disease, it's just, I don't know, George. Uh, no other ways you could put it. It's just sad, sad news. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's devastating for. Uh, like I said, I can't say enough. I didn't know Brian personally. Uh, emailed him a few times, but I didn't know. I don't think I ever worked with him. Didn't know him. I had listened to him. Uh, several times on uh, maybe the hockey show on Saturday nights that he did with Cam, because uh, I'm a big hockey guy, and I, I remember telling uh, Cardano, who's our boy, that oh, a good voice, you know, and he's good listening. I, I've always liked listening to Cam because Cam's uh, a puppy up he's kind funny. of guy. Yeah. So uh, you know, once again, our, nothing but our condolences to uh, Brian Blessing and his family, and best wishes to his wife Marie, and hopefully she recovers very quickly. Yes, amen to that. Absolutely. Wow, what a devastation that would be. Um, Thanks to all the great guests, Jay Cornegay, Mark Lawrence, uh, Chris Mavona, Cam Stewart, Teddy Covers, and Gabe Morenci. We'll do it all again tomorrow.